This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys all had a great Christmas and are ready for a happy new year. We're kicking off 2024 next week with a really cool episode. And this week, we have another really cool episode, guys. My friend and our partner at Habitat Podcast, my friend Rich Hickson from Tagged Out Seed Products. So Rich is from Athens, Ohio. He owns the company Tagged Out Seed Products. They're like a full-service uh, habitat implementation firm, if you will, Um They'll plant food plots. They'll set up blinds. He's a dealer for 360 blinds, as you'll hear in this in this episode. We talk a lot about blinds, where to place them, um, all kinds of stuff about deer blinds in this in this episode. He also will, you know, sell and fill feeders, camera, battery replacement for all those guys out of state. So if you have land down in Southern Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, you are in his coverage area. So as Rich is a great guy. Um, really enjoyed this podcast episode with them. And like I always say, please support those who help support the Habitat podcast. One thing we did not mention in the episode that we uh, we should have, Rich is going to be down over at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo in Columbus, Ohio in March. So he'll be there on Sunday uh, at the 360 Blinds booth. Again, that's the Open Season Sportsman's Expo in Columbus, Ohio. And he even took this one step further for the Habitat podcast listeners. There's a, a, a exclusive discount and deal for a new 360 hunting blind. If you call Rich and tell him the Habitat podcast sent you. We got to listen to the episode to find the deal. And uh, it's it's some serious coin savings on this on these really, really cool blinds uh, through Rich. So I'm picking one up. I got a 360. That I'm going to be putting on the uh, new HP 40 and uh, man, these things are sweet. So great conversation. You know, Rich is a, a veteran, um, also you know, works in law enforcement, just a lot with his kids. Great. Just a great guy. You know, so just keep that in mind. Check this episode out again. Rich Hickson from Tagged Out Seed Products coming your way next. Guys, I want to thank everybody who's been leaving us great reviews on Apple iTunes. We have new reviews posting up there every week. There's a link below to all of our partners to leave a review, to email me if you want to email me. Everything is below in the show notes. Scroll down. If you leave us a good review on Apple iTunes, I'll send you a free decal. Simple as that. So thanks to those who have done that so far. I also think, um, I'll give you a little update, the logging. I'm up at the Northern 70 right now. You know, we're just getting rained on and rained on and rained on. There's no snow. Last year at this time, there was two and a half to three foot of snow. Um, so the logging is still going. 
It's still going. We've had some hiccups and we've had some delays and everything else. And I'll save that for another day. But um, it's cool to see the progress and just know that the habitat and the hunting is going to be better here on the Northern 70 as we move forward. Um, we are approving an extension on the logging uh, due to the wet situation we're here in the wet spring. So just want to like, give you guys an update on that and how that's going up here at the Northern 70. Guys, I want to thank the rest of our partners here at Habitat Podcast. There's, obviously, today we're talking to Rich over at Tagged Out Seed Products, Vitalized Seed, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Packer Max Called the Packers, Morse Nursery, Downburst Cedars, United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties of Michigan. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, Rich will be at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo, Columbus, Ohio in March. If you want to see him, swing in there and say hi. And there is an exclusive Habitat Podcast listener discount in this episode for 360 Hunting Blinds. So thanks to all who have called him so far. I know he's already working with a few of the HP uh, community and I'm um, happy to help. So good luck the rest of the year, guys, and happy new year. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Habitat Podcast. Have you guys used a Packer Max Cult Packer yet? I know that being the first partner of the Habitat Podcast, I've been using one for over five years now guys cultipacking is one of the highest um rated and highly overlooked part of your food plot system it helps maintain soil moisture keeps it in the soil improves seed to soil contact when you press those seeds into the dirt and ensures superior seed germination for all seed types i do not plant a food plot without cultipacking guys packer max and lincoln over there great company great people they have five different cultipackers available at packermax.com and they also have a roller crimper combo attachment for the packer max so that's what i use i can crimp i can pack i can do everything with my packer max crimper combo they even came out with a six foot unit at packermax.com guys be sure to utilize this piece of equipment when you're planting food plots to get the best success in your seed germination check them out packermax.com we have a code hpc25 at checkout to save money all right everybody we are back rounding out the new year here in 2024 and i have a very special guest today mr rich hickson from tagged out seed products how you doing today rich hey jared pretty good how about you guys not bad not bad uh just you know up north at the northern 70 property currently um it's been nothing but wet rain warm usually we're covered in snow right now and uh it's kind of scoping out the logging operation celebrating and relaxing a little bit so what have you been up to uh we've had a lot of the same here uh it's been in this i think the kids and i had some plans to go out and do some dough management this week and kind of scrap that because it was 55 degrees and pouring rain so i think we're going to push that back a little bit but we still got some time here in ohio for the archery season a little more than a month left so other than that just enjoying christmas and time with the family yeah i'm always i'm always jealous you know our, our season's done in like three days here um for the most part and uh i always remember that ohio goes way into it's, it's february right yeah it depends it's a little bit different every year but usually the last last weekend of january uh or you know that first few days of february okay yeah you still you guys still have muzzleloader coming up and then a bunch of archery stuff so yeah you're not even you're not even near done yet it's kind of a it's kind of a benefit to be able to hunt some of that colder weather in january especially if you're sitting over a big old bean field kind of almost makes it feel not fair (laughs) (laughs) well i mean to your point it hasn't really even been getting super super cold for a lot of our late season food pots you know by the time january first hits Maybe we've had some cold weather, but the last few years, it really hasn't been as cold as you'd want it to be, right? Right. Yeah, and it seems like, or at least more recently, like you said, we've experienced some of those colder hits as soon as the season ends. So, you know, all the land managers are like, man, we just missed it by four or five days. But (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's one thing you don't have control over is the weather. No, that's true. That's true. I could have used probably one more one more dough for some more jerky roasts and stuff like that. But uh, very, very happy and satisfied with where we're at so far. So uh, how's the season treat you? Let's go into let's go into after that, you know, your background and where you're from and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually located in Athens, Ohio. Um, I was born and raised here. I went into the military active duty for four years right straight out of high school. So got my opportunity to kind of get out of the small town life for a little while and experience the world. 
came back here. Uh, I've had a career in law enforcement for a little over 12 years now. Uh, really, really enjoy the, you know, the work that I do. Um, but you know, as, as a lot of guys can relate, there's, uh, there's always a passion that, uh, a lot of us have. And mine ended up being, you know, bow hunting, grew up hunting with my, my stepdad, um, you know, taught me a lot of the ways of just being a good woodsman and, and, you know, the, the stuff that we see all over the place, you know, locating sign with your kids and teaching them, teaching them the basics. So I got to experience all that and kind of had the fire from since I was, uh, you know, younger, younger boy. Um, so one of the things I missed a lot when I was gone in the military was being able to spend time in the woods and have that solitude. And, you know, you don't really realize it, how much you miss it until it's gone. I think most of us sometime around the year during July, August is when we feel it the most here, you know because uh, we've been out of the season the longest and just itching to get back in. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I'm a single dad. I've been single dad for a few years and my kids absolutely love it. Uh, they both bow hunt. This My daughter's 12 and um, this was her seventh season, I believe, sixth, seventh season. Um, and then my son, uh, Roman, my daughter's name is Izzy, but my son, Roman, is nine and they actually both killed their target bucks within about a week and a half of each other in October. Um, Izzy got hers first and we had kind of an interesting scenario with that hunt this year because both of their bucks were in front of us at the same time for that hunt. So Roman got a little worried because he didn't think his buck was going to turn back if uh, turn back up if Izzy shot hers and but it worked out and, you know we had him on camera within 24 hours and had a uh, had a luck of the draw the uh, school district that they attend had a uh, a, a a bomb threat essentially, but uh, turns out that it was <clears throat> fairly uh, invalid, and they kind of knew that. But as a precaution, they scheduled a two-hour delay the morning of Halloween day. And so Roman looks at me and he says, "Can I hunt that morning?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> we'll go out and get a couple hours in the blind before." school starts and uh the weather was beautiful it was like 25 degrees and i said this you know this is perfect this is what we're looking for uh colder than normal you know on a halloween morning and uh we were 15 minutes from packing up hadn't seen a single deer and he says deer and i looked up and his bucks walking in on a string must have been coming from bed to get a little food so worked out good he put a great shot on him and uh and i think we ended up taking the rest of the day off that day <laughs> Don Braden. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, I I try to take care of the kids and make sure that their season's successful. I want them to to enjoy this. Um, you know, they're little once, and that's all I get. So they're. Uh, I had my kids when I was younger. You know, I got plenty of time to hunt when they're adults and eighteen, and they can do it on their own. So that's kind of my focus now is making sure that they learn all they can and get to enjoy that, that time with me in the woods. Yeah. And I say we've been Facebook friends for a while and, and I see what you do with your kids all the time. I'm the same way. I'm just proud of you, man. So keep up that good work. It sounds like you're, you're doing a great job as a dad. And, and of course, thanks for your service and everything you do. So yeah, appreciate that. That was like a great Halloween to me, boy. A great Halloween. Yeah. No kidding. He's the, uh, he's the first member of our family to take a Halloween buck. So he holds the title right now. I don't think I've taken one either. I've taken them before and after, but never on the day. Yeah. I love being out in the woods on Halloween. There's just something different about it, but yeah, never have. So you do a lot of bow hunting. You get the kids outside. Um, how did that lead into kind of where what you're doing today with Tagged Out Seed Products? Let's, let's hear the backstory on that. I'm sure there's a reason it got started. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it, it started like, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of your listeners probably started just by wanting to learn more about how to manage our own properties. Um, you know, I started researching and reading a lot more, following some of the people who I felt like had a pretty good handle on it, listening to the Habitat podcast. <laughs> um, you know, when you guys first started, I was I was like a you know original day one listener. So oh, I just so happened to yeah, I just so happened to be, you know, occasionally I'll browse to see if there's any anything good out there. And I discovered you guys uh pretty early in the game. Um and uh so uh, i've you know i know you've had don higgins and a you know a few other bigger guys on there who have just been in the industry for a long time and really appreciate the you know the way that they go and, and put their information that they've learned out there for everybody um but yeah just started with, with wanting to learn more about my what i'm you know what i was doing with my own property and 
And it kind of led into, well, I really enjoy this, you know, why not be able to to offer this to, you know, to other people? Um, I realized that they're, especially in my area, you know, it's a, it's a lower income area. So there are a lot of folks who have the the passion that I have, but not the necessarily the resources to, to be able to manage the properties the way that they want to be able to do. Um, so it uh, started out with, you know, the kids and I talking about being able to do this for other people and really just expanded. Um, you know, we started just by doing basic. I mean, we were tilling gardens and, you know, doing very, very basic projects, you know, uh, bush hogging trails and things like that for people and it kind of expanded from there um ended up becoming a, a dealer for real world wildlife products which you know i know you you know don and those guys there um and I, I did that one because i'm i'm particularly picky about the, the type of people that i associate with which is a no you know conversation you and i have had yep. um but i you know certain people um are out to you know just make money and the business side only whereas you know you can tell that the ones that are not you know they're there for the people or or there to to try and help people as much as we can and that's kind of how uh, the folks at real world are so i was drawn to them and um i also really was displeased with the lack of options that we have in my area particularly when it came to resources for land management um you know around here i've, I've given several seminars on food plotting and, and habitat management and one of the biggest things that i express is my frustration with you want to you know unless you're ordering offline if you wanted to put a food plot in or you know put some switchgrass in you were completely limited to getting something from tractor supplier or walmart which as you well know as much as i do is essentially garbage um, nothing but seed fillers and poor quality products um, yep. for the most part. So that's kind of what, you know, I wanted guys to be able to have access to the better products. And so that led into me connecting with um, the folks at 360 Blinds. Um, I had, had the opportunity to uh, put a few together on a couple of farms here locally that, uh, that Don owns and really liked how they looked and then was able to, to um, get some more information on, you know, the quality and the build process and all those things. Um, and ended up becoming a dealer for, for 360. Um, same, you know, caliber of people at 360, they are 100% focused on the customer, um, and they will jump essentially any hurdle, you know, if we need to make something happen, uh, which is the type of person that I am. So I really appreciate, uh, you know, the type of people that they are and the way that they do business. Um, and the product itself is, you know, a big deal. I'm not going to attach my name to anything that I don't fully believe is the best thing out there. Um, so, you know, obviously there's, there's always going to be options. And fortunately for, uh, for the blind market itself, uh, I think 360 definitely stands in a class by itself for, for several reasons. But like I said, it's a mixture of the product quality and as well as the people who are making it. Um, you know, all their stands are made in Ohio. The blinds are made in Pennsylvania. Everything's made local. So it's, it's kind of hard to beat when you're dealing with USA made, made product and made by great people. Yeah. I'd, I'd echo that as well. Um, my, my friend, Nick Percy, bless his soul. Uh, he was a dealer as well for, for 360. So I've always admired those and, um, and, you know, seen them at his shop and, and everywhere else in West Michigan. And it's like, man, they just look really Really nice. And there's a, um, remind me, there's a way that they treat the the material the blinds made out of, right? I, I read about it. I'm, I'm having a lack of memory trying to recall exactly how they do it. Um, yeah. So uh, the act, the actual wall construction is it's constructed from a product called LP Smart Side, which has been used for well over 30 years uh, with outbuildings and things like that. But is a patented technology. Um, and the I mean, they offer a 50-year limited warranty, which is, I think, unheard of in the market. Um, but the uh, the way that it's designed, it resists, you know, fungus buildup or any kind of rot related to uh, extended moisture exposure, termite control. Um, they actually tested LP SmartSide in Hawaii which has a concentration of both moisture and termites. Um, and they did that, you know, there on purpose just to see how they held up. Um, they were really pleased with, with the results of that. So yeah, I have very, very few complaints regarding, um, you know, long-term weather exposure. That's, which is kind of why when I'm, when I'm talking with somebody new, I mean, you know, I know I mentioned a second ago, um, I'm in a lower income area. So, you know, a lot of the folks that I deal with, uh, you know, three, 
360 has a little bit higher price point, but you know, you get what you're paying for essentially just like anything else. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that, you know, I was, I was guilty of the same, you know, as buying, you know, the pop-up ground blinds for the longest time, which have, you know, certainly some benefits, especially if you're trying to, to run and gun on public land or something like that. Um, but you know, I got to the point where I was like, you know, how many, how many times are you going to waste money on something that ends up thrown away where you could invest in something once and you have it forever? I mean, you not only have it, but your kids have it and, you know, potentially their kids. I mean, especially if it's maintained properly and things like that. So, um, yeah, if, if I am 60 years old as a 360 dealer and I have somebody contact me that, uh, you know, bought a blind off me sometime around this time frame, I'm not going to be surprised. And if something needs replaced, I'll make sure and take care of it just because you know, that's kind of how, how we operate. Well said. I think, um, you know, blinds are just, and we'll get into some blind location stuff and kind of some of the, some of the setup and some of the, this or the work you've done successfully on some of these client properties. What else do you guys offer? You guys, you do pretty much do everything but the, the plan itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't that. Uh, say that again. I'm sorry. And maybe you even offer that too. I, uh, I don't specifically offer consulting services. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I feel like there's only uh, a few uh, types of people out there who have the knowledge to be able to do that. And I don't think that I'm one of them. However, um, you know, between my own experiences and, you know, the people that I've learned from, as well as doing a lot of this work and getting feedback from clients, you know, repeatedly that seems to be consistent. I have no problem giving suggestions to, to people who are trying to set something up or make some changes. Um, and the good thing is, is if I don't have the answer, I have a ridiculous encyclopedia of legendary bow hunters at my fingertips to reach out and ask some questions to. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I do work closely with with a few different uh, land consultants. Um, you know, Don's got his team uh, put together several um, actual plans for, for the Higgins consultant, uh, Higgins outdoors. And then he's got a couple other guys on his team, Terry Peer and, and West Elks. So I've put together some of the, the plans that all three of them have done. Um, I don't think I've gotten a chance to meet any of your consultants here. Look, I don't know if you've done uh, a lot of plans here in this area yet or not, but I've been waiting on your name to pop up. Um, <laughs> so I could, could get my eyes on, on one of these plans and help somebody get it put together. Um, which is honestly, you know, one of the best parts of the work that I do. I love it. I love being able to take a property that, you know, is a blank slate and have a plan in front of me and start getting to work. And I mean, you know, for example, uh, one of the um, one of the folks at 360 bought a farm here recently and uh, a rather large farm, and it was sort of a last minute. Um, last minute purchase, but um, Don ended up coming over and, and doing a consultation on it. And we essentially uh, got it ready to hunt, outfitted with, you know, food plots and did some, uh, some land, land clearing and 360s and everything else. So it's, it's really neat. It's very rewarding to help somebody take a property that essentially has nothing prepared and transform it into you know what we're trying to do you know manage manage deer and yep. create that create the uh the ideal habitat for you know that'll last for years yeah i, I couldn't agree with you more um you know, getting that feedback from you know successful harvest pictures or successful food plot pictures stuff where you've helped aid in them being successful their knowledge growing and increasing is yeah is the best feedback it's it's extremely rewarding i couldn't agree with you more um yeah for sure i've gotten gotten more uh, tr uh um pictures from guys you know and, and people this year i think than ever before so those uh those messages increase it seems like every year and just kind of confirms that we're doing the right thing and people are happy and ultimately that's the goal well i'd agree with you i think um we also got the most messages compared to last year and year before that and i think i've been thinking about that i think it has to do with a lot of the, the habitat and the projects you know maturing and and filling out and you know becoming what they what you know you and i see that they need to become and i think that has a lot to do with it too um and the landowners you know learning their farm learning where the winds do and learning the thermal stuff like that i think it's a culmination of things that eventually is just going to compound and continue to increase 
So yeah, I would, I'm not surprised by that at all. That makes perfect sense. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's and it's especially cool, you know, especially with you know regarding 360s and and working in the hunting the elevated hunting blind industry is you know a lot of these folks that I'm working with have got kids. So that's part of the reason they're looking at getting into the blinds, and I I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it when they're sending me pictures of their kids and they're giant grinning ear to ear, you know, because they killed a, a spike buck or you know a four corn or whatever. And to them, that's the, the the coolest thing they've ever experienced in their life. So to know, you know, I had played a little part in that was uh, it's always cool. And then occasionally, um, you know, we get <clears throat> we get some some feel good stories um, this year. And if, as long as you don't mind, I was gonna, gonna tell you about an experience we had that really warmed my heart up. Sure. Um, back in the spring, I had a, a couple gentlemen stop by. One is from uh, near me in my coverage area, and then his brother lives in Vermont. They were both in in the area and wanted to stop by and look at 360 just kind of get an idea of what they look like which i do encourage everybody to do um especially if you're considering making an investment like that you know come take a look at them in person most of the time that answers all the questions you would have and and, you know i can be there to answer any others but uh they were going to go in on a on a blind together and and they were both in their you know 50s and 60s so they were kind of done climbing trees and freezing and you know dealing with the rain or whatever else some of the things that you know after 30 years of bow hunting you you don't just necessarily feel like crawling out of bed and doing sometimes um and uh i i hadn't heard back from him for a few weeks so the brother from vermont ended up giving me a call and uh he said hey you know i just wanted to let you know we fully intended on picking a blind up but my uh, my brother just got diagnosed with an aggressive form of blood cancer um so we've kind of pivoted and changed gears and we're working on that however he uh, said he had consulted with his family and they still wanted to to see if we could make a, make that happen and get a blind for him because he he wanted to make sure that he could still hunt they really weren't sure um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns when you get a diagnosis like that you don't know how how things are going to go you can you go off what the doctors say but um you know there's there's always question marks so they wanted to make that happen for them, which was cool. They were going to keep it keep it quiet, and I said, "Yeah, anything I can do, count me in." So I, uh, I included my kids in this, and you know they got to, to experience some some feel good there. But we uh, we ended up getting a special put together blind for him and got it up at his properties in uh, in Hawking County, and uh, <clears throat> it was uh, it was a pretty good day, you know, to be able to to see the, the satisfaction in his face. You know, he was happy and. Last I've heard, he's doing great. He ended up killing uh, his target buck this year out of that same 360. So I think that's my favorite picture that I've gotten this year. But uh, occasionally we get experiences like that, and that man, that just makes it completely worth it. You know, everything that we we do and all the time and effort and energy that we spend, and those are the best ones. No kidding. Yeah, that is that is very heartwarming. Knowing uh, being a, a cancer survivor myself, I I know the the feelings, so I can. I can relate a little bit and that's really cool that you got to help him and and get him set up and what 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 buck did he shoot do you know anything about the buck uh he sent me a picture of it i didn't get a lot of background details but he looked like a pretty solid 10 points uh nice. I'd say, you know, he was he looked like a big bigger body deer hawking county has some uh a lot of state land state-owned land that's uh no hunting so i would say and i, I from what I remember, he was set up pretty close to it. So, oh wow, kind of nice. Yeah, if you're set up to some areas like that, you're uh, you're set up for success if you can draw them over. So, speaking of you know you going up there and bringing a blind, how do you how do you know where to put it? You know, I'm sure you maybe walk around and talk with the client. Let's go through. It sound, might sound like a pretty basic question, but I mean, I'm dealing with that right now. I'm in my new place, thinking about where am I going to put it, and just thinking about so how do you figure out where to put a blind well i think the first thing you know i I usually end up asking a series of questions um you know if it's somebody that is coming to me about a brand new property they've never hunted they know nothing about um then we're going to kind of start from ground zero and try and do a process of elimination regarding what locations they thought and then you know i'm going to take a look at look at the property get actual eyes on it and see if i can come up with anything better but Ideally, the number one most important detail is your access and egress. Uh, if you can't get into the blind without being detected, then it's really not going to matter how good of a blind you're sitting in. Um, so, you know, that's number one, obviously. Um, and, you know, I'm always asking questions about 
what the accessibility is like for a blind location that somebody wants to set up. Um, you know, some guys aren't expecting me to to come back and say, hey, I don't think that's really the best spot for it. You know, they just expect me to to come out and set it up where they want it. But, you know, I'm here to help, so I'm not going to let somebody necessarily set themselves up for failure. Um, the good thing about, about 360s is we have so many different uh, options when it comes to stands or stand types that we can pretty much set one of these up anywhere, you know, with the exception of maybe having to clear a couple of trees. Other than that, there's very few limitations. Um, you know, we've set these up on banks that are almost too steep to walk up, um, which those setups get a little bit tricky. But, you know, ideally we want more than anything, you want your, your access uh, in and out to be, uh, you know, the best that it can be. So that way you're not alerting the deer, you know, in the bedding area or, uh, or anything like that, or they're not going to be able to, to backlight you. You're not going across the ridge top and they can see you from, from a lower area, you know, walking in your blind, essentially it's pointless. Um, so those are some of the first questions that I ask. Um, and then, you know, I start asking about the terrain so that I can sort out, are we going to need, you know, a leveling kit or what's leveling it going to look like? Um, that's one of the good things, like I said, about 360s, you know, we've, we've got leveling kits for the steel stands. So, that makes uh, putting them just about anywhere a whole lot easier versus bringing an excavator in and trying to level off a pad. Um, yeah, access is is number one. Um, you know, transition areas are are going to be really important. Transitioning from bed to food that's a area that you can get into easily and get out of easily. Um, food sources is what we see most commonly. You know, guys are wanting to put it up on the inside corner of a cornfield or a bean field or something like that and for the majority of the Ohio bow season, that's going to work out great. Uh, as long as you're hunting the right, right wind direction and, and you're not uh, alerting the deer on your way in and out, then you're, you're probably set up pretty pretty successfully. But yeah, I try and get as much background knowledge on the property as I can and what the hunter's seen or not seen or how much they know about it before I jump into um, picking a, a for sure setup site. Yeah, I think uh, having all those options, the the leveling for the side of the hill on a steep hill, that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm I already can think of a spot or two or where I need that. And then like I was asking you questions earlier, you know, a few weeks back about even like a, a trailer. I was hunting down my buddies in in Illinois, and he puts a blind on a old grain bin trailer, you know, and just yeah, he moves it where he needs to move it, and ends up being very, uh, very versatile when you can do that. Um, yeah, for sure. I was uh, so I actually ended up. Um, I think I had three or four uh, trailer setups this year, nice. but the, uh, the trailer, the trailer setup that 360 offers is is very well engineered, um, it, and it's it's lightweight. Um, you know, I think it comes in under a thousand pounds, so you can pull it around with a four wheeler or whatever you need to. At your own discretion. I tell that to some people who work in your who live in Illinois, and that's one thing because all their land's nice and flat and comfy. But around here, you're gonna have to use your own discretion because we got some pretty serious hills going on. <laughs> sure. um, but the uh, the trailer setup is really, really, really uh, beneficial in you know several situations, especially if you're hunting rotating crops. Um, you know, if you've got leased land or you're you're hunting permission private land where you've got you know corn and beans that are rotating every year might be going to winter wheat you can hook up to that blind and move it around as you need to um in you know even situations where you know you might be patterning a buck and you know for the first half of the season he's on one side of your farm and the second half he's on the other um makes it easy to to relocate that blind and save you a little bit of money if you as long as you can get the trailer in and out of there and you don't have to work on buying two or three of them um so definitely has a lot of benefits this is brought to you by tagged out seed products guys rich hickson my friend from southern ohio owner of tagged out seed products is here to help i know a lot of folks from michigan indiana pennsylvania west virginia virginia kentucky all hunt ohio southern ohio some giants down there i've been hunting down there for years so is brian um guys rich is here to help if you hunt in that area rich is a dealer for 360 hunting blinds some of the best blinds i've ever been a part of and seen he offers professional installation of these blinds if you'd like he'll also do designing and planning food plots establishing bedding areas establishing screening access Anything you want, you know, trail cutting, unwanted vegetation control, invasives. He's kind of the guy on the ground 
for you. You know, here at Habitat Podcast, we design a lot of land plants. We design them. We offer our expertise and give you the map to success. Rich is the next step. Rich will put it into play for you if you need the help, if you're not around, if you'd like some additional expertise. You know, he'll he'll bring these plants to life for us, for you. Out-of-state landowners, um, feeder filling, trail camera adjustments, whatever you need. He's like, he's like a property manager. Um, he also supplies a lot of large volume feeders where legal. Uh, he can also help you with any sort of hunting advice that you might need. He's veteran owned. He's a veteran. Single dad, two kids, loves the outdoors. And I just, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, I just, I love his moral, where his moral compass is at and, and his outlook on things. And um, he's been in business three years now, serving landowners in Southern Ohio, Northern West Virginia, Northern Kentucky, and Western Pennsylvania. Guys, check him out on Facebook and Instagram at Tagged Out Seed Products. That's the at symbol, Tagged Out Seed Products. Check him out, Rich Hickson with Tagged Out Seed Products, new partner of the Habitat Podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Along with, with the trailer itself, do you have a way to like conceal the blind? A certain special way that you recommend that being done ever? Um, the only thing that I really worry about too much, and I wouldn't even say worry, is again with your access, making sure you can get in and out as undetected as possible. Um, I get a lot of questions uh, from guys asking about if they should, you know, put a lot of effort to brush it in, or you know, find some way to to blend it into its environment. Obviously, that's never going to hurt, uh, especially if you've got you know some more mature deer on the property that are you know if they tend to be less accepting of new things. Um, from my experience, within a couple of weeks, especially if you've got uh, a, a great setup of food sources or things like that, you know, the deer need, it doesn't take long before they adjust and they don't seem to care too much. Um, and it's kind of funny you ask that because I was just on one of the local farms that I uh, help manage and there was a, a rub not even three feet from the ladder to one of the 360s. Uh, this tree was just ripped to pieces. So kind of gives you an idea of how the deer act once it's, you know, once the blinds in the area, it's, they, they tend to get used to it like most anything else. But if you feel like going through the effort of, of brushing it in, then by all means, um, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. I remember seeing that, that picture on your social media mm-hmm. with that rub. Yeah to the uh, ladder itself um what about what about blind height i know you offer all these different sizes maybe lists which sizes are available but what what do you recommend on that being too high too low any thoughts there yeah yeah it's actually a a a subject that i usually go into depth with with any anybody considering a 360 um and this honestly this isn't just with 360s anybody looking into sure, yeah any blind right uh any, any yeah any kind of elevated platform that you're gonna hunt for this is the main uh consideration you're gonna want to make is a lot of the guys i'm dealing with have tree stand hunted for so long and it's beat into our brains that we need to hunt 20 25 30 feet up in a, in a tree to remain undetected whether that's by sight scent you know whatever and so a lot of that those old ways carry into to blind purchasing. Uh, fortunately, the benefits of having a, an enclosed and sealed up elevated blind uh, is you don't have to go super high. So, you know, when I got guys coming to me and they want a 16 foot stand because that's as, about as high as we can go with the, uh, the steel stands for 360s, that's, that's 16 feet to the floor, which means, you know, roughly 20 to 21 feet shooting height. Um, there are very few circumstances where I'm okay or I feel comfortable selling some, somebody a, a stand that tall because what you end up doing is creating really hard shooting angles if you're anywhere inside, you know, 10 to 15 yards. So I ask a lot of questions um, regarding the setup, the location, where they're wanting it, what the terrain looks like before I'll let, and this sounds weird, but I, I mean it like I mean, like I say it before I will let somebody spend the money on a 16 foot stand because, um, 
you know, like we talked about earlier, the, the folks at 360 are a lot like me, whereas they want to help. So I'm not going to make a sale just to just for, you know, the benefit of making a sale. I want to make sure that I'm setting somebody up with the best uh, product that I can. And if I'm selling somebody a, a 16 foot high blind and the majority of their shots are going to be inside 15 yards, I've pretty much just set them up for, for failure. You know, they're going to be really unhappy. Um, so that's something to consider for sure. Weapon type obviously is, is, um, is something to consider with that. So our uh, steel stands go anywhere from five feet to 16 um, and several options in between there. Um, the most part, an eight-foot stand is going to satisfy the needs of 90% of the setups that I deal with and that I've seen. Um, you know, that gets you high enough so you have a better vantage point. You end up, you know, you're as a person, the general will just say a six-foot tall person, you're, you're 15, 16 foot above everything else. Um, so in most situations, that gives you the, the visual advantage. Um, not so much worried about the, the scent advantage because they're completely closed up. Um, I, I really put that to the test recently too, but, uh, and I was pretty, pretty impressed with it. But if you're hunting with the windows closed, which I would recommend, um, you know, that's not going to be as much of an issue as it would be if you're in a tree stand. Um, so yeah, I really stress to guys that, uh, not to spend the money or to go higher than they really need to, um, because it's end up gonna, going to end up being a disadvantage more than it will help. That's a great point. Um, and I'm, I wanted to ask you that because I think when I was talking to you, I was talking about the highest stand you can get and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and the short um, or the, the shot angle option is right. definitely something to consider. And the weapon, I didn't think about that, the weapon too. Um, that, that, that's a great point. I have on my 15 acres I sold, there was one that was on a, I think uh, there were 12 foot four by fours and one that were on eight foot. And both, you can see very long ways from both of those heights. So to your point, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. The eight, the eight foot is uh, is most common or will solve the, the issue or, or be the choice for most people. That's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a, there's a balance there between how much you want to spend. Um, you know, when you start getting in the taller steel stands, there's a lot of bracing. There's a lot of additional support to make sure it can withstand heavier weather uh, being up that high. So the uh, the taller setups do end up running quite a bit more money. So I would I would prefer to see somebody still be able to to have the best setup they can, but also you know keep a budget in mind if that's something in the back of their mind. Let's talk a little bit more about hunting with the windows closed. Have you always done that? Did you just start doing that when you had kids? What's what's your thought behind that? Um, let's hear all the pros. Yeah, so with with a three sixty, I have zero problem, and not only that, I recommend hunting with them closed. One, they come tinted from the factory. Um, so the deer can't see in, uh, there are very few circumstances where I've ever even been nervous about moving inside the blind. Um, so that's obviously, you know, first and foremost, um, having that, that visual concealment is, is one of the biggest benefits of the elevated blind. Um, the way that the 360s windows, um, and for those that don't know, they're called 360s because they, you have a field of vision all the way around every single panel because these are set up with individual panels every single panel has a window in it um for the the 360 series itself so you there are zero blind spots you can see all the way around you uh it's a huge advantage for for the 360 that other blind manufacturers can't offer um but the way that the window system itself is is uh, engineered is uh, they all have a counterweighted um system where it's essentially on a counterweight with a uh, piece of paracord type string and you can raise the window with one hand operation that way you know if you've got a weapon in your hand you don't want to set it down or you know you have a, a tripod set up or something like that you, you only have to use one hand and then all of the guides for each window is a, a polyurethane guide and they're designed like that so that you don't deal with the, uh, you know, contracting or, or swelling throughout the different seasons. Um, that way the guide doesn't pinch down on the window and cause it to be too be difficult to raise or lower. Um, but that window will stop wherever you stop the counterweight. So if you don't need it all the way open, you just need it halfway open. It's kind of nice. Um, it'll, it'll stick wherever you want it. Um, there, the only downside, really the only drawback to having those windows tinted like they are is in low light conditions. So 
I'm sure most of us have uh, thought we saw an absolute mega giant in the last 15 minutes of daylight hunting. And turns out the next day we go back in the woods and it was a brush, piece of brush that we've been looking at for the last 20 minutes. Um, the buck bush. Yeah. So, right, right, right. Yeah. The, uh, the record-breaking tree, tree buck. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, uh, that false sense of adrenaline really, uh, gets old sometimes, <laughs> but, um, so, you know, the tinted can make things hard to see through in low light conditions. 360 ended up coming up with an answer for that too. So we've got the option to upgrade, um, some of the, the gun style windows to what's called a double window where essentially it has a clear pane and a tinted pane in the same window frame so that you can raise the tinted pane uh, independently and keep the clear closed so that you can see better in those low light conditions without having to open the windows and your sense blowing out of the blind, you know, or risking uh, anything like that. So that was pretty, uh, that was a pretty big uh, option for, for the 360s that I haven't seen um, in any of the other the manufacturers that's that's extremely cool um yeah because i mean the tinting works very well for hiding my son as he's moving very quickly more than he should or (laughs) like there's but that it is harder to see at at low light so sometimes maybe i'll crack a window open then um your point i mean whether you're covering the sound covering the scent masking your movement um i like all the windows closed and and all the options there yeah yeah, and just you know, for example, both when both my kids shopped their Target bucks um, this year, I had to raise uh, one of the larger windows up for them to do that. And you know, you going slow, they don't they don't hear a single thing. They're incredibly quiet, so sound's not really going to be an issue. Everything was closed up until they were ready to take the shot, and we put it up, and they went to work. Heck yeah, here's here's a question I just thought of. Um... Are there any accessories, any must-haves, anything that you would suggest? Because some blinds are made of wood, some are metal, some are plastic. Like, it's hard to just maybe modify if you ever need to modify. What would you say a top accessory or modification would be that you that you see or recommend or, or have done yourself? Um, not so much for the outside, with the exception of the leveling kit. That is an, an option that I do suggest uh, for everybody. Uh, for the main purpose of, I mean, not only does it make setup easier, but if you end up relocating it, it makes that relocation 10 times easier, um, you know, because all you have to essentially do is adjust the feet on the blind and it's ready to rock and roll for your new location versus, you know, having to dig out new holes or, you know, however you need to do that. But as far as the exterior is concerned, um, you know, these blinds are ready for, you know, long-term use um, on the outside. Uh, regarding the inside, I think one of the most important things that you could put in is, you know, a good shelving kit. Um, 360 offers shelves uh, for for all the blind models that they sell. You don't really think that it's something you need, um, you know, so like all the 360 models are all carpeted, the floor is carpeted, and then they're carpeted on the walls up to the to the window until you get in there and you've got binos and you've got snacks and you got water bottles and, you know, whatever else. If you got your son with you, you've got his Nintendo or, you know, whatever he brought to, to try and keep him situated for three or four hours. So the shelves can be uh, a far bigger advantage than most people think. Um, and, you know, we've got uh, bow, uh, bow hangers and, you know, all the standard accessories that most blind, blind companies offer. Um, one thing that I do recommend, which, uh, every blind purchase comes with a free bottle of it is some good anti-fall cleaner. Um, <clears throat> and we actually dealt with this the morning that my son killed his, his buck on uh, Halloween, but on those frosty mornings when that frost starts to, to heat up, those windows will, can kind of start to fog if you haven't pre-treated it with that cleaner. So that, that makes a huge difference so that you don't end up having to, to open the windows at all. So it was kind of nice that 360 throws some of those in with every uh, every order. Interesting. Yeah, there's a bunch of helpful tidbits of information there. Um, yeah, I think a, a hook for the bow is, is a great idea. I've never had one of those in my blind before. Um, right. It's just trying to like balance your bow against the wall, the blinders. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, so that's that's awesome, man. I appreciate you going to that. And we also wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about supplemental feeding. That's something we don't talk about much on here. Uh, well, because I'm not allowed to do it, but it doesn't mean it's not effective and, and shouldn't be done. So let's let's dive into that if you'd like. And uh, by the way, guys, if for anybody, we do have a special offer coming for for the blinds through Rich at the end of the episode. So 
um, hang in there for that. And I'll be sure to mention it in the front of the episode too. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously every state is different. Your state gaming laws are going to uh, take priority with the, uh, the supplemental feeding. Um, thankfully, you know, for, for right now, anyways, unless it changes, which there's been you know, a lot of chatter about at some point, but kind of hard to guess. ODNR keeps their lips pretty sealed until they make decisions. Um, for Ohio's, you know, you're allowed to supplemental feed during and, and after season in between the seasons. Um, you know, it's a, it's a benefit that I recommend, um, for land managers specifically, because, you know, one of the biggest benefits is where you can provide that quality nutrition source during the hardest months of the year, you know, that February to March, February to April, especially when, when does are, uh, you know, they have, uh, have fawns they're going to be given birth to. And, um, and then, you know, after birth postpartum, when they're nursing, uh, having that, that food source there is going to be incredibly important to, um, you know, managing the type of herd that you have, the health of your deer herd on your property. Um, you know, there's a, a billion different types of food that you could, you know, supplemental feed. Um, uh, diversity is going to take, you know, take priority there, uh, as you know, most of the, experts are going to to recommend um so don't just give them something that they have access to everywhere else you know if you're surrounded by 200 acres of, of ag um you know make sure you're offering something that the deer can't get <clears throat> local to you um but you know something that's going to be higher in protein higher in fat um i more more recently uh, began carrying a, a brand of uh, feeder that I was really impressed with the quality of um, Texas Hunter Products is the the name of the uh, the company. They're out of Texas, but uh, they carry a gravity feeder that I, I really really liked, um, mainly because it's a high volume feeder. So I can I can um, put up to 2,000 pounds in some of these, which sounds ridiculous, especially probably to people who are listening and are in states where you can't supplemental feed. Um, but you know we talked earlier about human intrusion and access to your property. Um, and that coincides with, you know, a lot of the, the guys that I do work for own property in Ohio, but they don't live in Ohio. So they're traveling five, six hours, you know, every time once or twice a month to, um, to either refill feeders or manage their cameras or, you know, whatever else they're doing, handling those pro- uh, projects. Um, so when you end up do having a higher volume feeder, it's not necessarily to, keep the deer on your property uh, because you've got 2,000 pounds of food. It's more for so that you don't have to intrude on your property every week or every two weeks <clears throat> to refill it. The deer feel safe. They feel comfortable. Um, and you, you have a little bit longer lasting food source. I kind of compare it to would you, if you have 10 acres to plant, are you going to plant two or are you going to plant 10? You plant 10 because, you know, it gives them a better food source, uh, longer lasting. You don't have to go in as often things like that. Um, so, you know, that's something that I, I offer and I definitely recommend just for the overall health benefits of, of the deer herd and, and land managers and what we're trying to accomplish, you know, growing a healthy deer herd. Yeah, that makes sense. I never thought about it like that. You know, you can say, just keep the, keep the tractor running while you fill the feeder or whatever. And maybe that'll mask some of your, some of your intrusion, but you're still intrude. You're still going in. You're still intruding. You know, you're right. still, yep. you're leaving scent. It, yeah, exactly. And there are other situations where, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, I've, I've got guys that don't necessarily have the resources or the, um, the ability to put 10 or 15 acres of food plots in, but they also don't have a lot of natural food sources in the area that they hunt. So, you know, they have that option of supplemental feeding to be able to draw a deer and hold deer on their property, um, you know, so that they can not only increase the health of the, the deer herd in general, but, uh, you know, furthers their, their management plan for, you know, taking, taking older mature bucks throughout the season. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And I think that, you know, in line with giving yourself a shot opportunity, for your kid, maybe at 25 yards, or you know the distance, or maybe a deer puts his head down. There's some also some some other advantages there, wouldn't you say, where that can be a pro to doing this? You mean regarding creating uh, shot opportunities? Yeah, I, I guess maybe I'll ask first. Do you hunt over these these stations? And then, yeah, if you do, where do you put them? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I, it, I suppose that's more of a uh, a preference type thing. Um, sure. You know, I've got guys that specifically just have feeders in their in in areas that are very close to their sanctuaries. You know, the areas that they don't go in ever. 
Um, and they do that. They don't necessarily hunt over them, but they want to create that safe environment so it holds the deer on their property. You know, they've got food close to bedding, but it, there's not a lot of human intrusion there. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it, if I, you would be hard pressed to drive five minutes in any direction of me and not find a tree stand over a feeder. Um, so, yeah. you know, neighbor, neighbor competition comes into play big time in Ohio, um, and probably any other state that allows, uh, any kind of feeding during the season. So, yeah, of course, um, you know, that can be a, a great benefit if, um, if you don't have the opportunity to hunt over, you know, a food source that you planted, or you're in an area that would take an extensive amount of work. Like you mentioned, you know, your, your place, you're doing some logging. Um, you know, not a lot of guys can find a logger that's willing to come in and just take down two or three acres worth of, worth of trees. It's not, not worth their time or money. And you know, that's a lot of effort for one person to go through on their own. So, you know, having a feeder in place definitely uh, gives you a, a mobile food source, essentially. Um, you know, so it's, it definitely serves a purpose in a, a few different uh, few different ways. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head and you actually took one of my my next comments. You already said it. Uh, neighboring competition. Back when we could bait in Michigan or or even Ohio, my lease in Ohio, um, if your neighbors are doing it and you're not, it, it, you know, something productive like a food plot or apple trees or, or bait. You know, I think you need to have everything your neighbors have and more, right? That's the way I look at it. And it's exactly how you said it too. Neighboring competition, if they're all baiting everywhere around you, um, it's better to probably have it on your place and have better quality food. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in Ohio, you can you can almost guarantee probably 90, 90 to 95 percent of people are just, you know, feeding shell corn. Um, that's, you know, one thing that I do like as I have the ability to to essentially do it all, you know, if they're wanting to plant food plots and, and have something, have a better diverse food source than the neighbor, then that's something I can, I'll put them, you know, put together for them. Um, you know, if they're working strictly off feeders then I've got the setup for the feeder. And then, and, you know, I've also got a pretty wide variety of uh, supplemental feed options um, from, you know, my, my dealership in real world. So um, it's nice, you know, if I, that's, that's why I'm able to, you know, take a consulting plan and essentially do, all of the work, um, and I I enjoy being able to you know do those things from from start to finish, and like we said earlier, get those results for for people. Yeah, and I I think there's a shortage of guys like you out there. First of all, willing to do the work. Second of all, capable of doing the work. Like mm-hmm. I could use one of you and probably four or five spots in Michigan just to have you know, quadrants in Michigan Northeast Northwest, you know, and for for our land plan clients. Um, cause a lot of these guys, it's, it's a lot of work to put these plans into place. So, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if you're, I, don't I don't know how, how many, how many of those clients do you have that don't live, um, no, don't live near their property. I'd say more than half. Yeah. If not, yeah if so not, that's, more than half. Yeah. That's ended up, you know, kind of where I'm at is, and I'm in a, I'm in a kind of a special place in Ohio. Southeast Ohio is well known for absolute giants i mean we've just it's been flooded with pictures all over social media this year of, of monsters coming out of my area um i'm located in athens county but pretty much every surrounding county is is well known so it's not uncommon to have you know a, a large number of either out-of-state landowners or people who are leasing from out of state and just don't have the time um you know to to manage the property like they would want to uh so that's where i kind of come in and and be the local resource and put them in even in contact you know i've always got clients asking me questions where can i find this or that you know locally so i'm glad to to do that um one of my one of my clients uh here locally actually just ran into one of his neighbors the other day and stopped and chatted with him because um the the client was wanting to try and expand a little bit and maybe lease some neighboring properties so i was able to make that connection for them and Sounds like that might actually work out great. So hopefully uh, that's the case. But always on the lookout and trying to uh, to better you know whoever I'm I'm working with experience as much as I can. I love it, man. Let's let's expound a little bit on your coverage area because you sometimes you'll say you get guys calling from Georgia or wherever, and it's like, well, be a long 
long week for me to drive down to Georgia, put in some plots, et cetera. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your coverage area and, and make sure we, we hit that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 360 has dealers all over the country. Um, so what I would recommend most, unless you're for sure, you know, in, in my area is uh, they have a dealer locator on their website. Um, it's really easy to find if you go to the main website, which is 360huntingblinds.com. You can scroll down to the bottom and hit dealer locator. Type your zip code in, and uh, it'll pop up with the closest dealer to you. Um, now, something to keep in mind is, you know, if you're an out-of-state landowner and you own land here, but you live out out uh, out of state, then obviously you're going to want to put the zip code in for where your property is. Um, but uh, I recommend doing that first. Um, you know, contact that dealer. My coverage area currently is fairly large, um, you know, so I've, I've got a east to west and, and a north to south coverage area that's, that's fairly large. But if we end up having a conversation, you know, and I find out that you're a little bit closer to another dealer, we'll make sure and put you in contact with them. Um, regarding, you know, just land management in general or doing habitat type projects, um, I'm, I can expand a little farther. Uh, so. Uh, you know, West Virginia, I'm, I'm only 30 minutes from the West Virginia state line, and I'm only about 45 to 50 from Kentucky. So I'm in kind of a, a pretty convenient area regarding that. Um, so, you know, if we're talking anywhere in southern Ohio, uh, south of, you know, Columbus, um, I'm, I'm traveling a couple hours to, to handle projects is not out of the question. I'm, I'm glad to, um, you know, just give me a call or, um, or reach out by email or social media. And, um, I'll get some details from you and we can go from there. And and let's list real quick. We, we we hit different different times throughout the conversation of what services you offer. Do you have a do you have like a list or a, can you rattle off the different services if somebody's thinking, may oh man, Rich is my area, maybe I can make something happen. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, anything related to to the three sixty hunting blinds. Um, and then I I don't I stay pretty open minded regarding uh, any kind of land management or habitat management projects. So just because I say say or don't say something, you know, don't not contact me. Um, I'm always open to to new things. But at the same time, if I if it's something I can't do, I most likely have uh, you know a good trustworthy name that I can give you here locally that can think, take that care of that for you. Cool. But uh, we do we do a lot of food plot work. Um, you know, looking over setting up bedding area if we're doing screening work like. Uh, you know, planting any kind of screening, uh, which is something I didn't mention uh, when we we're talking about blinds, but I do uh, have plans with quite a bit of screening for blind access. You know, if you're putting a blind out in the middle of a field and there's really no easy way getting in and out of there, um, we've got some options to be able to handle that so that you can get in and out and the deer don't know a, don't know a single thing about it. Um, and then, you know, if you're, if you're just a landowner and you have general, general tasks that you want to try and keep maintained, you know, if you're just talking about, uh, general brush clearing or, you know, trail maintenance, anything like that, I can take care of that stuff for you. Um, you know, a lot of guys are, they're like me, they love that work. And so they don't feel like hiring somebody to do it. Yeah. You know, that's their, that's their peaceful time. They get out on the tractor and fire it up and go disappear for six hours and, you know, feel, feel productive for the day. But, uh, you know, for the folks that don't have the time or, or ability to do those things as much as they want, they don't want to get out of control while they're away, then I'm happy to help. I like that. And you'll even, I think you, I think you said you'll even do, you know, cameras and, and feeder maintenance and anything like that too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually got a little bit of a circuit right now as far as feeling, filling right. feeders. Um, you know, I've got a, a local um, farmer here that I've uh, established a good connection with and so we've got an endless supply of, of shelled corn for the guys that are using that. Um, and so I'll go out every week or couple of weeks, whatever the landowner wants me to do and get feeders refilled. And you know, if you've got a camera that batteries go down or it fell out of the storm or anything like that, you know, get a hold of me and we can take care of that while we're out there. I try to try to check all the boxes in one trip and make sure things are taken care of. Cause you know, I've, I've, dealt with guys from new york and georgia and everywhere else and that's a that's a long trip to make just because you had a camera that went out and you're frustrated about it <clears throat> oh 100 plus if you do need that you can't you don't want to just ask anybody you know we already had stands go missing on our lease you know so it's like yeah right don't know who to trust you you know you're five hours away but the coons ripped the camera off the tree the feeders are in it. Mm -hmm. like this is this is a handy service and like you said if you do live on the property, which is the minority of the folks that we probably work with, 
you're able to do that. You're able to take care of it. You might not need the service, but for the those guys who are out of state or five hours away or whatever, um, yeah, it could be very advantageous. Price of gas and price of your time, right? Yeah, for sure. Right, and you know, it's always nice having a local contact too. You know, yeah. For for the folks who are you know kind of venturing out and and uh, either leasing or buying property in the area. You're not going to know anybody. Uh, I was born and raised here, so I uh, I've made connections with all all the right people. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I, I definitely don't um, wouldn't do business with or recommend anybody that I that wouldn't do the same quality of work that I would do. So, yep. uh, if it's not something I can take care of, I can definitely put you in contact with the right people who can. So I think you may have touched on this. Are you only in Ohio, or will you hit West Virginia and or? Kentucky as well. Yeah, I can. I have definitely done uh, an extensive amount of projects in West Virginia, Kentucky, um, you know, more southwestern Ohio too. Um, the three three sixty dealership, and then you know some of the the uh, stuff with Real World is uh, locator based. Um, but you know, as far as just the service itself and and uh, being able to handle projects, I, I don't mind traveling um, some. You know, usually I get details and talk about what kind of work's done uh, or needs done and, and go from there. Um, same situation applies. You know, I've, I've met and made connections with a lot of folks um, in, in the area. So if it's not something that I can take care of specifically, then I'm, I'm confident I can at least put you in contact with somebody who might be closer to you that can. Right. Right. Well, heck yeah, Rich. That's awesome, man. That's about everything on my list. Did you have anything that I missed? Um, no, no, I, I think we about covered it just wanted to uh, be sure and, and mention the the blind deal that you had uh, had mentioned there a few minutes ago. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate Jared. I appreciate what they do at Habitat Podcast. There aren't a lot of people who are willing to, um, you know, take as much free time as they take to pass knowledge along to, to hunters and keep this, uh, our way of life, you know, and the habitat management and the conservation uh, going. Unfortunately, as, as hard as we try, it sure feels like from our perspective that it's a, a dying way of life and that may not be true but it's uh it's hard to tell so i uh i definitely wanted to to offer any of the uh, the listeners who heard this episode um and mentioned to me later that they heard it if they end up deciding that they're going to end up making a, a 360 blind purchase give them a one-time five percent off discount which for our 360 is a pretty substantial uh amount of money so Definitely, uh, if you if you heard this and you get a hold of me and you're looking at a 360, mention that you heard it on the podcast and we'll get that taken care of. Wow, man, that's that's huge. Thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, it does take a lot of time, and I appreciate you noticing. So thanks for that. But that that discount is is very we're very grateful for that. Thank you for that. Five uh, percent off a 360, like you said, is not just you know lunch money. So. I appreciate that. We'll we'll make sure to to mention that again on in the episode. But guys, give Rich a call. He'll take care of you. I can tell you that personally. So Rich, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you or reach you? I'll have your info in the show notes too. But um, how can people find you? Yeah. So uh, I'll make sure and, and get my uh, my phone number there in the notes. But the uh, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, I'm tagged out seed products. And then uh, through email, it's taggedoutseed at gmail.com. Probably the easiest ways. Perfect. Well, hey, man, thank you for coming on, sharing your knowledge. Um, I learned a bunch already about about blinds through you, and I can't wait to keep learning. So appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Rich. Yeah, Jared, I appreciate it. Thanks for everything you guys do. Thank you very much for listening to the Habitat Podcast. Guys, we will be back with another great episode next week. I just want to say once again how grateful we are for the listenership we have and the the loyal listeners you guys have been and supporters of the podcast. For those of you who want to support further, we have free decals being sent out to those who leave us great reviews. Scroll down, hit the link to leave a great review, and then email me info at habitatpodcast.com. I'll get you a free five-inch decal in the mail right away. Guys, I want to thank our sponsors, Vitalized Seed Company at vitalizedseed.com. Exodus Outdoor Gear, Packer Max Cultipackers, Morse Nursery, Acres.com, Downburst Cedars, First Light, United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.